Hi, you've reached team Better Call Saul. If you want to leave a message for Kelly, Vance, Thomas, Chris, Jojo, Peter, just leave it at the beep. Beep. Oh, man. Yeah. Real man, that was. I thought you were going to be warned. I. That was some teamwork. I just thought that it was. It was too much. It sounded like I was copying you, only because I was. Hey everybody, uh, we're just having a little bit of fun doing uh, the opening for uh, the 103 Better Call Saul podcast, Insider Podcast. Um, I'm here with uh, uh, Vince Gilligan. Hey, how you doing? Uh, our music supervisor, Thomas Gullibich. Hello, hello. Uh, my assistant and co-host and sometimes co-editor, Chris. Hi, Kelly. Caleb. <laughs> uh, the writer of this episode, co-executive producer... Tom Snows. How does that happen? I'm a friendly stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Do the entire thing with it. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, our other co-showrunner, Peter Gould. Hey. So um, we're going to talk about uh, episode 103. Um, I can't remember the title. Can you remind me? Nacho. No, oh, that's right. So all of the... Can I give that away? All sure. Of the, all of all of the uh, the the titles for these episodes end in O. Can you get you? Why don't you guys talk about that? Because that just happened like a couple of months ago. It did just happen. That you guys uh, talked about because originally you had different titles for the episodes. And we didn't mention any of this on the previous two podcasts. Nope. Yeah, it's a good time to talk about it. Uh, yeah. And we were looking for something fun. Uh, it, titles are hard. Coming they, up with titles is hard. They are. And also, I think we started realizing there were a lot of good O titles for this season. Not to give anything away, but we started naming some of the later episodes. And I uh, said, hey, wait a minute. This, there's a trend here. It's because Peter and I make so many O faces That's at each right. other. That's right. That's right. It just it's naturally. Like, it's yes, really yeah. hard to watch. And we, and we <laughs> cheer It's hard to be in this writer's room. There's so many O faces. With, with, the, with the Twitter feed that you have, Thomas, I mean, Tom. There's nothing wrong with my Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> with the Twitter feed that you have and how much you like to talk about certain appendages. Kelly, this is. Chase is on an appendage. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't talking about that. You, you misunderstand something. There are two it could different. could I suppose. Uh, there are two different, two different Toms. With age. Yeah. With age and two. virtue. There are two different Toms. There's, there's the Thomas Schnauz who we know here, we know and love, and he's, he's, he's a great guy. He's generous. And the he's incognito kindly. He's kindly. He's kindly. He's. he's uh, He's a, got a brilliant story mind. And then there's the despicable, filthy Twitter Tom, Twitter who, Tom. Is, who is to be avoided at all costs. Who has, like, how many, uh, how much, how many followers? Not now? as many as Peter Gould. So. No, oh, and really? I keep it, I work clean. What, what's, your, what's your Twitter <laughs> handle, Tom? It's just uh, uh, at Tom Schnauz. And you're at Peter Gould? I'm at Peter Gould, that's true. Yeah. You couldn't get in Tom Schnauz? <laughs> <laughs> that's already taken. <laughs> Getting back to the the titles of the episodes, so this one is called Nacho, and the last one was called uh, um, Miho. Miho. Miho was number two, and, and the Solo. First one was, I thought no. it was Uno. Uno. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. Yes, uh, Uno, right? Uno, right? Uno, that is Uno. correct. Uno, Miho. number one. You know, Nacho. Nacho. Nice. Uh, they all we figured out. Yeah, they, there will be more that we figured out how to uh, to do that, so they all end up. Oh, it just you know what? It, it all joking aside, it, it it's. It, Titles are tough because you want something memorable. The perfect title, it seems to me, for well, there's titles for episodes versus title for a show. That's a whole other subject. But the perfect title for an episode helps put you in mind of what happened in that episode. I don't know that all of our O titles will work. Will be equally suited to that task. But we, we couldn't. It, we, it was hard to resist the idea of having everything end mm -hmm. in O. 
just that uniformity seemed fun. But it's, I don't know. Do you think we'll do that next next season? I mean, the question is. No, because then, then it'll have to end in an E, like do it could a be. or something. It could be. No. Maybe we'll just all I. All, it's fun. All, all, yeah. All titles end with the letter I. Or, I or think something else completely. I it's think fun mixing things up. I you think know, what's it's, funny. It's oh, go ahead. It's something that, uh, you know, you started, I remember, on, on Breaking Bad. The, the the first season, the original concept was each of the titles would, would be a, a movie quote or a phrase from a famous movie. Yeah, so that went away. So we had the cats in the bag and the and bags, bags in the, in the river. river. And then we had a crazy handful of nothing. And Cancer yeah. Man, and, which was from the, well, I thought it was from the X-Files, but it might have been from something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Gray Matter. Yeah, oh, yeah what's we, Gray Matter? We kind of. I we, don't know. We, gray Matter was. Uh, it was a Stephen we King We fell, we fell short down story? on the jump. Yeah, we <laughs> fell down on the jump. We switched it, and then we had, then we had, uh, then we did have, we ended the se- that season with uh, consistency no is the hobgoblin no of little stuff. minds. That's a right. no rough stuff that's, type deal. Right. That's, and then we next the next season we started off thinking that all the titles were going to be uh, having to do with airplanes for some strange reason. And but then, yours the, second yeah. one didn't. No, and then we then we abandoned the it. We abandoned it, and then had a uh, and came up An with epiphany. a much better a much better idea, which was to encode the uh, the season in the titles as, as everyone. But it was only so, four yeah. of them, right? Yes. But the other ones, yes. like yours, was from "To Have and Have Not." That's right. I remember that. It was. And bit Vince by, thought it was from the Bridge Over the River. Quad. No, wait a minute. What was it? It was uh, Treasure of Sierra Madre. Bit by Dead Bee. Yeah. That was from "To Have and Have Not." Yeah. No, like a freaking idiot I said on probably a podcast you much did like this one I talked about how it was from Treasure of the Sierra, Sierra Madre, Madre. Yeah. yeah I thought it was uh, what's his name uh, John Houston's I dad I think you're testing the audience when you there may be there may be flaws in the things that we, our references may be inaccurate maybe the reason for that is that we're testing the audience so exactly. get on Twitter <laughs> let us know if you found the secret hidden flaw in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> check every you know, movie reference check every movie carefully. reference yes yeah. the and, funny thing to me though is that what I, I just love the fact that now that we know that um, Miho is Tuco, you guys still refer to him as Miho instead of Tuco. Yeah, even well, around here. Can't give away. But I yeah, guess yeah. that's a good thing because. Well, as we record this, uh, it is January twenty seventh. Yeah. And the show uh, has not aired yet. Yeah, uh, the, the the show has not premiered yet. So we we darn well better idea. call him Miho instead yeah, of. As a matter of fact, I don't know how thin these walls are. We shouldn't even. Yeah, how did be the last episode those... end? I it can't ended remember. with Nacho saying, "Hey, when oh, you're yeah, in the yeah, game, let right. me know. Said, Give me a call." The, the, okay, got it. You should watch this show. It's good. Uh, I did the, that one. <laughs> I'm like, I know. So um, you did not. You and Chris did not edit this one. This was edited by the wonderful Skip McDonald and uh, and Curtis Thurber. This one. assisting this one. This one. Yeah, yeah 103 was edited. By you notice how Skip I call McDonald. him the wonderful Skip McDonald? That's fine. <laughs> I've, I've always known that he was your favorite. No. Always known that. I love all my editors. So when we last when we last left our hero, he was um, presented with uh, an opportunity from Nacho mm-hmm. for with uh, Nacho wrote down his phone number in the Matchbook, and um, you know we think of course you know Jimmy you know is going to possibly call the number, and so we tune into this episode thinking. Okay, we're going to pick right back up, and we don't. Because, okay, you guys started out, and you're like, okay, let's throw Tuco in there right at the beginning, right? Okay, so Tuco's played, done, now now what? That, is, that was what we said. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> well, yeah, now what, what do we happened? do? I'm trying to remember why we decided to do that flashback teaser when we did it. Well, I think, uh, we, you know, a lot of this show, I, I am too, and, and all joking aside, I, I 
I keep I keep going back to that childbirth analogy every time we have one of these conversations that yeah, I've always heard that the pain of childbirth fades, and then you forget. <laughs> I, I otherwise uh, you'd never have a. Second otherwise child. you'd never have other, and in, in, the, in our case, otherwise you'd never do a, a subsequent season. <laughs> uh, you forget. You tend to forget. But I just as many months of being in that room and and trying to figure out what comes next, what comes next, over and over again. I think. Uh, but in, I mean, in, the, the immediate thing we tackled first was, of course, what happens after. What is his decision after the yeah. getting the matchbook covered? I think we were talking about. That teaser for a while we didn't know specifically it was going to go in this episode but it just seemed to be a right that's true fit um, and we jumped ahead we started breaking what happened next yeah we did start what happens next, and that's yeah. the first scene i wrote that was actually the scene that uh our actress uh, ray seahorn auditioned with that's true with bob uh all the actresses who came in and auditioned read that scene it that's was true of, that's the, the first scene where she was in bed she's in bed and they're talking dirty on the phone or he he thinks she thinks that's why he's falling. <laughs> the sex the sex well well actually it's not the sex robot scene but no. it is it is the scene where she uh, she says she's not going to talk. Or he wakes her up. Yeah, and you're right, right. Uh, that's a very good point. That's a good detail. Uh, we had a, when we, we broke the episode, it was we needed a scene, and we the first two episodes didn't really have a Kim scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I uh, I wrote that one first. And, uh, and gave it to you. And guys. in fact, we asked for it early. We had we had broken the episode, and we were just starting. Yeah. We were starting casting, and Tom was you know Tom was on top of things and had already written the scene. So we were so happy to get it because, of course, Kim hasn't had a lot of dialogue up to now. This is this, this is, our, is really our, one of her first you know. scenes. Yeah, she doesn't say anything in episode and, two, right? And She's, boy, no, she doesn't. She just and, walks by and says like two sentences in episode one and I'll speak for myself as soon as Ray Seahorn came in and auditioned with Bob uh, we we we, we left them alone in in the room for a little bit we all left all all of us who were watching the auditions left them alone for a little bit uh, for them to work together and when we came back Immediately, there was this flirtation, this this kind of this great feeling, and it was the characters, not the actors. But she, she just, she just kind of the scene just popped as soon as as soon as Ray yeah. as soon as Ray performed it, and I, I think we all yeah. felt right at that moment, boy, this is this is our this is our Kim, and, that's and there saying, were some other great yeah. actresses who yeah. came in. That's saying and, a lot because there's some yes. excellent actresses. And uh, but yeah. you know sometimes you just have this this gut feeling that you've yeah. seen you've seen the right person, and also just the way she she and Bob kind of uh, teamed up just felt felt very nice. Yeah, one of the great joys from the outside point of view of watching the episodes because you know I'm not in the writers' room. I'm just getting this afterward is watching the chemistry between those two and how much you get a sense that there have been so many interesting conversations they've had not on screen when so often you see a couple on screen you just get a sense these are two people who've met for the first time and they're communicating as if they're in a long relationship Mm -hmm. you get a sense that they've gone through many different shifts in their relationship in the time that you've known them and that's the chemistry between the two of them it's kind of amazing we still don't even really know what their situation is yeah that's that's correct you know it really did help that's a good thing you pointed out tom uh that we were, we had broken at least three episodes, maybe more, when we were still in the process of, of casting the series. It, mm-hmm. it always helps. What you just said, Thomas, we got Thomas and Tom here. What you just said, Thomas, is, uh, it's, I mean, it really, it helps the actors and it, it helps us help the actors. It helps everybody. The more you have plotted out, the more you have, not even if it's not in script form yet, but the more you, the more you can explain to the folks you're, you're hiring, uh, you know what it is, what their relationship is with one another. The the better, the, the more, the richer and more 
layered it, it can potentially feel. So yeah. always good to have as much figured out in advance as possible. It's, so much of TV is not having enough time and just running for your life and barely making it, just limping over the finish line on, you know, crawling on bloody knees. And, you know, but just the great thing about, we've been very blessed, I've said it before, I'll say it again, by Sony and AMC giving us the lead time they have given us on first in Breaking Bad and now on, on Better Call Saul because it takes every minute of that time to figure things out. That's, you can't, it's so hard to do. Because we throw out a lot of stuff. Oh, we, we throw we, out a lot of, we and a lot of good stuff. We think we're going on the right path. Yeah, and it just, yeah. and you think of either something better or you realize what you're doing doesn't quite add up the yeah. way you thought it would. Yeah, absolutely. I got a question. You know, on Breaking Bad, I know that you guys used to have um, some of the other writers or junior writers, I guess, or maybe assistants, write other scenes for people to audition with. Are you guys doing that this year? So where you don't give away any of the scenes because you're saying that Tom oh, wrote yeah. this and this is still in the show, but uh, are we are we having other scenes be written for people to audition? Well, that's with? an interesting point because this scene you wrote it and it really didn't change much, if at all. Uh, it was actually, uh, yeah, it was the pro- I was happy how yeah. how much of it remained. Yeah, uh, through into the final show. Yeah, but but later on after that. We we did have um, we had some help from uh, a wonderful uh, writer's assistant. She was our writer's. <laughs> she was our writer's last. assistant, Heather Marion, yes. and also uh, Micah Craddy. Both mm-hmm. of them, uh, great guy. Uh, both of them wrote uh, scenes. Am I correct yeah. in saying that right? They wrote fake scenes mm-hmm. for for actors to audition to. I think some there was a mix sometimes where they would mm. either write an original scene or they would take. A scene from a script and rework it so you couldn't tell what was happening. Yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you say that they did Jesse, a little of both. Yeah, that Jesse Plemons wrote like he auditioned to something entirely different. Jesse Plemons <laughs> auditioned for the part of uh, Todd on Breaking Bad. Auditioned to a really nicely written scene. I think Gordon Smith wrote. Yeah, he did. Who's yes. now obviously one of our writers. Uh, and it was and it had it was a military. That's right. It was a guy in Fallujah. <laughs> who was being called on the carpet, about to be court-martialed, and it was never clear exactly what he had done, but apparently he had acted inappropriately with a local uh, a woman, a local woman in, in Iraq or whatever, and it was really well-written. It sounded felt, like he had killed some civilians. Or, and, or had yeah. mistreated someone yeah. or, or, yeah. or abused someone or something, and... And and Jesse, it was really it was a kind of a meaty, fun monologue, and Jesse Plemons did it beautifully, and, and he got the job. Took and the then, job based on you know then, get on that, and yeah. then and then he came in. Uh, and one of the things that really excited us about that character, Todd, was to introduce a guy, and have him you know, kind of in the background, just kind of feather him in and have him get more important as the season went on. So the first episode he did was uh, one that I had written, which was I think uh, five oh nine. Yeah, um, and it was. Uh, Basically, all he did was uh, to uh, oh no, no five oh three, five oh three, five oh three. Thank you. Ah, it all it all jumped. They all they all they all. It was five oh three. You're right. And uh, all he did was tent houses as a uh, as an in exterminator the in the warned, background. Warned he, had, about he had about two. He had about fam. two lines in the whole that episode. Poor guy was like, well, what am I? And doing he kept here? asking me, so so so, what happens now? And I'm, I'm you're gonna have a lot. What about the scene where I'm in Fallujah? He, he, he would ask. <laughs> when do I get to join the <laughs> yes, army? When do I? I I'm, I'm I'm thinking there's an army in here somewhere, and I was say, you're in the uh, exterminator army. No. But but uh, you know what? This is something, uh, and it, it worked out well. But uh, uh, it it 
it's interesting because in the early days, and I guess we probably should talk about Better Call Saul here. Yeah, but, we will. but in the early days, and I am not complaining. But in the early days, one thing different about between now and then, in the early days of Breaking Bad, we could we could give there were no secrets. I mean, we'd give scenes exactly as they would eventually appear in the show. We'd give them to our casting folks, and they would give them to the pool of actors and managers and agents out there, and and they would they were all out there in the ether and the internet and and whatnot and and printed up sides, stapled together, just lying around in the, in the gutter, you know, <laughs> these scenes mm-hmm. that did later on when the show, and I'm so grateful the show turned into what it turned into, but there came a point where suddenly we couldn't do that anymore. We had to, had to, had to Greek the scenes, had to fake them so that folks couldn't tell from them what was going to happen on the, on the show. And well, it, even in season two, um, when uh, I think it was, um, the guy, it was Jane's father who was the air traffic controller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, like, just the casting of that part yeah. was out on IMDb way before, and yeah. people were actually guessing right about the airplane crash and everything. Oh, oh really? Oh, were they? Season two. This oh. is yet another yeah. reason I never go on the internet. Stay off the internet. Well, I knew it because you told me. I didn't know it because <laughs> I didn't know it because I didn't. Stay off know. the internet. Don't watch TV. But, it, but yeah. anyway, so all that to say is that you know we we have a scene that basically started out to as an audition piece and it stayed in the show. Yeah. But I think in subsequent episodes we've started writing secret secret scenes mm-hmm. for we had to. pieces. And we had mm-hmm. to because um, we don't want folks having stuff ruined for them. But so can you guys tell me how this this teaser kind of got I mean, you know, we I think we wanted to just sort of get a sense of what, how Jimmy McGill from Chicago got to Albuquerque. Yeah. I think there were many different ideas that we had where Chuck got sick in Chicago and and drove he was driving out to LA and he got sick in Albuquerque and yeah. and his brother came out to save him and that yeah. didn't quite work and somehow we settled on this idea that that uh, Jimmy got into some real trouble and needed his brother to come back and save him and he makes a bargain with him so I'm assuming that this scene is going to pay itself off later. Yeah. So what kind of trouble did he get into, Tom? So what is a Chicago sunroof, exactly? <laughs> yeah, what is a Chicago I'll sunroof? show you guys. Hold on a second. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. That's disgusting. We can't even show that it's on a It's beautiful, podcast. Peter. Look at it. Can't even show Look it on at radio. It. <laughs> uh, we are not going to give away what that is no. yet, obviously. It, yeah, yeah, we find out what a Chicago sunroof is. You, rest assured, yeah. Yeah. I'm hope I'm hoping people are asking themselves. And and there's uh, there's reference to uh, sex offender beef and all that. But yeah. we're, we're uh, you know uh, your patience will be rewarded. <laughs> there may be a spate of them next summer. It's <laughs> oh, a new uh, thing. I truly <laughs> hope not. Hope not. <laughs> but that it's it's funny because I love how you guys were like talking like Chuck was saying you, you cried you went and you cried on the phone to mom. <laughs> I did not. I did not. In the middle of Cook County Jail. <laughs> yeah. I think I love the way Bob plays this Bob scene is too. So I love the way both these guys yeah. play. They're yeah. wonderful. Because we, we wondered yeah. to ourselves, how is what is Jimmy McGill like? Uh, whatever that is, ten. It's it's almost it's almost. Uh, he said it's like ninety four. Yeah, it's almost ten. It's ten years before roughly it before the, the main ninety two. It's ninety two. It is ninety two. Yeah. It's ten years before, and we were wondering, you know, what is Jimmy McGill McGill like? And one of the the mo- one of the moments I knew this was going to work was when uh, we did a uh, a wig test with Bob. A and wig test, testing the wig. W i g. And he put the long wig on, and he's st- yeah. we we got this in Burbank. He, they we were filmed there, it they in ran. the Kettleman House. Yes, uh, and you did. Yep. You, yeah, you because you were in Albuquerque. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And right. but here in Burbank, it was just he suddenly the guy's transformed. He was. Yeah. He he came out in character. You know, with his wig on, and he put the jumpsuit on. We were, <laughs> we were, we were testing colors. We were, t- right. you know, what color jumpsuit he was going to wear. Looked like Nigel Tufnell from and there, without any, you know, he was there. He was doing the little head bob, and he was like, he was a stoner, you know, old Jimmy McGill, the stoner from Chicago. Yeah. But one of the things that you always talk about is that whole thing of like, you know, what kind of a problem do you have to have to become Saul Goodman? And it seems like the relationship between Chuck and Jimmy is a huge piece of that puzzle. And when you see the two of them, you get a real sense of it. Yeah, absolutely. That it's, is true. That is true. And it also, it's it's kind of a fascinating, and it's a thrill to see uh, Chuck walking around. And the first thing you see is he's carrying one of those big old Gordon Gecko cell phones. A big Motorola yeah. cell yeah, phone. Yeah, he's, and, and, you know, obviously. And he's out in the world, yes. too. He's not, like, trying, he's yeah. not, like, hiding in the house and... I think we use that same cell, not that very exact same one, but that same model. I think we use that on X Files. uh, That that first that episode that showed uh, the genesis of the lone gunman. Mm -hmm. That thing's fun. (laughs) And it's actually that location is the same. uh, It's the basement of Mm -hmm. that same courthouse that we we that we saw in the previous episode. Yeah, we shot in the jail scenes in the uh, montage. Mm -hmm. It's in that same. It's just a room right off of that. Oh, it little, is. Yeah, yeah. It and the and the is. art department did a beautiful job of of repainting it and oh. reconfiguring it a little bit to uh, to become our Chicago. That was a set. That was a no. Uh, it's it was the a, real courthouse. The basement of the it's of it's the, the real jail part oh, of the courthouse. Yes. So it's not the MDC, Holding. the old MDC where they shot uh, where Michelle McLean. No, and, no, it's okay. literally the basement okay. of the courthouse. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. And it's like a holding though. They have jail yeah. jail stuff. So it's those like, are real bars. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah it's and real. Th- that whole area, and you you shot down there. I didn't, but it, it was it was very small, and that was one it of the things tight, yeah. when when we were looking at it for uh, earlier. I, I was a little worried we wouldn't be able to shoot down there, and we yeah. we brought Arthur Arthur Albert, our DP, down. He looked around. He said, "No problem." <laughs> so that that was that was a nice moment. So oh sorry go ahead. No no let's talk about who directed it by the way. Should Terry we? McDonough. Oh Terry McDonough yeah. Who Terry directed McDonough. the original Better Call, Better Call Saul. Saul episode of Breaking Bad? That's right. right. That's right. Was that on purpose? Well it was on purpose working with the wonderful. I see. I said wonderful a lot. I need to find a new superlative. Except but it was, for when it was, he refers to Kelly Dixon. See, the acceptable Kelly Dixon. <laughs> no, you know I love you. Wouldn't be here. I'm just teasing. Wouldn't be here if I didn't. Anyway, uh, Terry, no, it was, it was definitely on purpose to work with uh, Terry again. Terry's Terry is excellent uh, uh, British director um, who who yeah who first worked on our show. Yeah, uh, he was several Breaking Bad's. He uh, yeah. directed. Uh, I worked with him once before on the episode Bug. Bug. Jesse and Walt and he have a big, did, he did big bit dra- by a dead bee too. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about earlier. Terry and I, Terry and I did two episodes together right. in uh, season two of Breaking Bad. And in fact, the first episode he did bit, bit by a dead bee. That was his very first episode of American television. Oh, yeah. And that was that he he came over and oh, that's he, right. he really didn't he. It was interesting to see things were done a little bit differently in Britain. He was, uh, yeah, he was uh, not quite used to the way we do things what was here. He complaining about? No, he wasn't. No, complaining. he wasn't. He complaining. wasn't complaining. In no. fact, I think I, I don't want to put. My, my impression is that uh, it was a bigger operation. Uh, Breaking Bad was than he was used to. I think that they. Uh, my impression was that a lot of the the television that Terry had done in, in the UK was with much smaller crews and, and smaller situations moving moving very, very quickly. And he, he sort of, 
he sort of he was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. He, so we had those shots that I think are so incredible in uh, in Bit by a Dead Bee, where he took the uh, the biggest condor available in Albuquerque, and he put the camera on it and had the little teeny figures of Walt and Jesse walking through the desert. That's after they yes. escaped from Tuco's That's house. right. I think and people are listening thinking, what are they doing? I thought condors were endangered species. That's right. Why it's, are they putting cameras it, on them? It's a good question. Why are Condor's we putting name cameras is Dave. on? Yes. They love to be a part of the process. That's they right. Do. That's, you know, they love movies. Yeah, yeah that's be good right. for they, something. They, they're all union members. So one of those tall scissor lift type deals. Yes, yeah. it's, a, it's an enormous. That's a hell of a shot. It is. In that, in that he has a wonderful eye, and I think we, I think we, we all felt that when we we started seeing the dailies on this episode. And what was it? What was it like to work with Terry? Oh, Terry's Terry's great. He's a lot of he's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's fast. He's very fast. Crew likes Terry a lot. Crew likes Terry a lot because they get home early. Ten hour Terry. Ten hour Terry. <laughs> that's what they call him. Yeah, he's a good. He's a sweet guy, and he directed an excellent um, movie for I believe for the BBC television uh, for a Doctor Who movie uh, a couple years back. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the particulars, but very talented filmmaker. So getting back to Better Call Saul, this episode. Um, we find out that, a, well, first of all, Jimmy calls Kim because he's sort of like, I'm assuming that it's because he sort of feels a little guilty. Like, he knows some information. He's sort of trying to feel Kim out as far as the Kettlemans yeah. are concerned because he's having a little bit of conscious, like a, you know, a, a consciousness kind of thing. And, you know, so he's, he says to Kim that they might be in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's like, well, what do you mean? Uh, did I say that? I was drunk. I was, you know, I didn't really mean it. And so he hangs up with her. And this is like the first time that we find out. We've seen The Office in previous episodes. But yeah. this is the first time we sort of find out that Jimmy actually sleeps in this little tiny closet in the back of the nail salon. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Um, <laughs> so he's back there tossing around and flip-flopping around oh, on his hide bed Doesn't his bed in two? He does, but he, he doesn't does. really... We, oh, I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, just I guess taking he, a rest. Yeah. You know, well, that's true. He does. He does. Yeah, but, 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 yeah, yeah. But now he's there after hours. Well, Kelly, there's something... Uh, and he's stealing coconut... I mean, uh, cu- cucumber water. Cucumber water, that's right. Because mm-hmm. Mrs. Nguyen doesn't like him to no, take right. for customer. No. And I, and you did mention that moment that uh, where he says, I'm no hero. You know, because that, that's right. I, I'm just. I, I thought that was that was such a wonderful moment that nice Tom moment. wrote and, and, and Bob played. Because how does this guy see himself? He says, "I'm no hero," but then he goes out and tries to solve this problem. Well, he's in a tight spot here. I mean, the yeah. character's in a tight spot because this guy is not to be trifled with. One would think Nacho, played by Michael Mando. Nacho, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and he has said, "If you rat, you die." But on the other hand, uh, if he doesn't rat. Or rather, if he doesn't warn the Kettlemans, uh, they may die. And they're and even worse. I mean, they're players, and it would be bad if they died. But they they they're adults who make their own decisions. It'd be even worse if their children died yeah. or got harmed in the process. So he's he's in a tight fix here. Now I'm I'm curious, and we can cut this out if you want. But just recently, you guys had an assignment um, for Chris, I guess, to do um, when he had some free time, but. He didn't. He hasn't had any free time. He's been busy, and I had a little bit of free time. But the assignment was: um, you guys wanted us to pull every single scene in Breaking Bad from uh, that Saul was in. Yeah, because you wanted to watch them all. This was Diane Mercer's idea, and when I heard it, I was like, "Man, I wish I'd thought of that six months ago." Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I thought that you guys had just done it anyway. I thought that somewhere there was like you guys had a set of DVDs, super cut, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, so. 
Um, so I started pulling this stuff because I had time, and I got a kick out of it. I couldn't just pull it. I had to watch it as well, and I got a kick out of it. But the first scene that we see, well, one of the first scenes is when um, uh, it's not, is it better? It is Better Call Saul, where um, the guys kidnap Saul from his office and take him out to the desert, yeah. and he sees the the Doug grave yeah mm-hmm. and he starts screaming out ah and I hear the words nacho and I hear the words Lalo. well technically <laughs> here but I know yeah. that nacho is a is a uh, nickname for, yeah. for Ignacio and I was like oh wow so I mean do you, do you know that is that a common thing I don't know if that's a common thing but I have a couple friends you know who are Latino and they t- they've told me that a friend of mine actually used that as a name in one of a title of a script that he wrote so I kind of just knew that maybe Ignacio that's Doritos. Not, maybe that isn't a common thing that people know that but well, we, we definitely I mean when we started talking about the series and we wanted to connect it to you know, we looked what do we know about Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad. And right. We looked at that scene and the screaming out Ignacio and Lalo. In fact, you, uh, as we prepared for this <laughs> podcast, we got copies of the original board, and uh, his name isn't Nacho on this board. It was Lalo. Yeah, the character. So we started, yeah. We started off by calling him Lalo, and then we thought that's true. Um, better to go with Ign- Ignacio. So I'm assuming that. We're going to work our way back around to this incident, to We're something that leads to can this incident. cleverly construct this in a way. I don't want to make any promises. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, they, they, that We're is always the best. hope. We're going to try our best to, to tie all the loose ends and and and. But suits, yeah. it just goes to what you guys have been doing all along, with uh, even with Breaking Bad, where you like set up something, and it's just you know you kind of you know you work your way around back around to it. So I love the fact that you set that up freaking, what was that, 2009? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that the first time Saul appeared, 2009? Well, it was in 2007 we did the pilot in the first season. So 2008 yeah. we did the second. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, you wow. work your you know, way back around to it. But yeah. it's just fun because that's why I was curious. Did you guys watch all that stuff when you were trying to? We sh- I should. I just speak for myself. I should have. I mean, this is why it was such a good idea. And yet, it seems like I should have thought of it. It's an obvious uh, idea, but great idea Diane had about stringing all these uh, moments together and watching them. I, th- I think we will do that in the coming yeah. weeks. I watched the. I watched Better Call Saul again before starting the first season, and then at the beginning of the season, Jen, Carol. I think it was Jen who she. Gave us a typed version of That's true. what you're talking about as far as the cutscenes. So we had all the scenes, right, uh, and all on, the moments on paper. On paper, because yeah. it's funny. I've been watching, like I said, in, in helping Chris out and pulling these uh, these uh, pieces. Um, I've been watching them, and there's so much information that I have no idea what he's talking about. But now I'm like going, oh, I wonder if that's going to come back, or I wonder if that's going to. You know, the one thing that we do find out is, you know, I just watched the episode where. Uh, Walt gets really angry at Saul because Saul talks about Skylar sleeping with Ted, and he says, you know, well, she skipped out to get some dirty, damp, and deep. And he <laughs> just grabs him, and he throws him over the desk. But earlier in that scene, Saul's talking about his, his I think, his second ex-wife or something. So I'm like, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> wow. So we've got to actually like get him i guess married and possibly divorced in this in these uh well that that could possibly happen yeah that's yeah. what i mean it's like no it's yeah. uh 
You know, we live in fear. I, and again, I'll speak for myself. I, I have a great many fears. But one of them is, you know, you don't want to let people down. And um, you want, we want, we want this thing to, to live and breathe. We want, want the character to seem as real as possible. We want, and we want, you know, if there's something, the trouble is a lot of stuff that was said as a throwaway line uh, in an old episode of Breaking Bad, now we have to abide by. <laughs> and that is its own special kind of hell. We don't have to. I mean, there's things, like we were just talking earlier today about how uh, in episode 302 uh, that Peter wrote, um, Mike was going to be sitting in a bar uh, and get a phone call from, from Saul, and then it didn't seem right that seemed uh, – let's do something different so let's put him out in the park oh let's give him he's got a granddaughter we do that was sort of a throwaway yeah thing that that blossomed into mike's reason for being yeah which was taking care of his granddaughter so that's weird but there's other throwaway things that we put in and we don't follow them up so it's like you know we don't have to we don't connect every dot but I can't think of any big ones we didn't. Um, no, but, but we should we should talk about it because there are also some characters on in this episode 103 who I think are, uh, you know, we, we definitely want to get to. Yeah. For instance. For instance, the Kettlemans. I mean, Kettlemans. I, oh, yeah. I have to say, I have to say, we haven't mentioned we haven't mentioned those those nutty nutty wonderful Kettlemans, Craig and Betsy Kettleman, and played their by, kids, Warren and their and kids. Jojo. <laughs> That's <laughs> right, Julianne Emery and Jeremy Seamus. Those two, yeah, we talked fun. about them a little bit yes. on the last podcast. I think it was the last one or the first one, but they 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 are so instantly familiar. I mean, they they, they seem like talk about you know what you're saying, Thomas, a while ago. Talk about two people who seem to have an instant history once they work together. Uh, they are so funny. You can see Craig's, like, confidence being chipped away with each growing day. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Thomas, you're responsible for, I think, one of the the funniest moments early on in the episode when when Jimmy calls the Kettleman's answering machine. And we hear their great answering machine message, and there's that oh. wonderful music. What's the oh. music under that? Music that was playing there. Big Top Jamboree. That was from a music <laughs> library. But I remember like it was fun because we talked about like how can we make something that is so wonderfully awful even more awful? And we thought, let's put some music on top of it. So we thought, what could be even more annoying than this? And when we found that, you guys were very happy. That's but fun. I love that, that answering machine. I love that answering machine message, which is why it was my idea to actually do that. At the beginning of this podcast, yeah, um, that we whipped up really quickly. <laughs> um, um, but like when they shot that, I remember you telling me, Vince, when they 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 had like really not even worked together, like all the kids and um, the two actors that play Craig and Betsy. Yeah, they had never even worked together, and they just did that real quick. Were you there, Tom? I was there. We recorded it in their house. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they just sat and, I mean, down. They, they just, were they just did a couple of takes. They were really into it. Yeah. And they practiced their bingo song together, and they actually learned uh, John Jacob Jinkelheimer Schmidt, yeah. uh, but didn't. We just didn't have time to, to fit it in. They wanted to sing the whole thing. We're like, no, we're out in the middle of nowhere here, guys, in a tent that was like a million degrees inside. We gotta, we gotta get out of here. Was it hot? It was hot. It was uh, hot. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. Yeah. We shot that. The, uh, just jumping ahead to the end of the episode where Jimmy's walking around. That's uh, that's an area called Algodonis where we filmed uh, Mike dying in That's Breaking Bad. right. So where their tent, in other words, where their tent is pitched, where Jimmy finds them, how it's many just, feet? 50 feet, 100 feet? Yeah, uh, uh, not that far. From where, from where yeah, Mike? Yeah, the river was just right over the, very close. And that something? So it's a the, small world. So when, uh, 
when Mike and Walt are out, the cattle, they're they're really close they're to the cattleman's yeah, house. Yeah, they're very close they're near to the cattleman's, cattleman's house. Yeah. Yes, at least in movie in movie geography. <laughs> Interesting. So so the the backyard though uh, that he walks up and into the that's that's the that's a whole other area. Yeah, that's yeah. the foothills yeah. of the Sandias. And right? that was that was one of the the one of the things we had to focus on. We were looking for a location for the cattleman house. Yeah. Back in the pilot, we knew we wanted a house that backed up to wilderness. Thank goodness we had that we had that knowledge that far in advance mm-hmm. because it was as as I remember uh, as I recall uh, Christian uh, uh, the, Christian our wonderful uh, see there I go again wonderful <laughs> Christian and his crew wonderful. he is wonderful and our location he's a wonderful manager crew, yes he and his guys found that house and it was not as i recall it was not easy to find because we said to him got to find a house uh somewhat upwardly middle class but very you know nicely middle class uh house uh that looks like it fits these characters mm-hmm. uh, these cattlemen's and it has to back up onto a wilderness did and it have a gate did, or did you guys build that? That gate no, was there. That's oh, there. That's all there. Wow. Yeah, all it, that gate is it's there. It's a great house. Wow. You know, you it's just, a great you house. Go, yeah. You go out in the back, and suddenly you know, you've got hiking right there. Yeah. But it was, uh, I remember uh, I had a little time to, I think I was, man, this whole thing, I tell you, I will ne- what I will never do again is do a TV show where you do the pilot, and then the day after you finish shooting the pilot, you roll right into episode mm-hmm. two. That that damn near killed us this year. But I, because I remember uh, prepping, the pilot prepping the first episode uh i remember i i did spend some time i want to say i spent some time looking for this house while mm-hmm. we were out looking at other stuff and it was it was just we knew at that point luckily it was real important to have it back up on the wilderness but not as easy to find as uh, as i assumed it would be mm-hmm. and then you also another thing that we put in the pilot that you put in the pilot too was the uh that little that little sticker on oh the yeah, back, on the back of the kettle mobile. Yeah, I was yeah. going to get to that. The, yeah. the, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kelly. Okay. I'm jumping right. ahead. Might as well go but, now. Yeah. But it was it was just so much. Don't jump ahead, Peter. We were looking for what it was. You know, what was the clue that was going to lead yeah. uh, Jimmy to figure out where the kettlemans were? Yeah. yeah and I so was, I, I was so proud of the fact, and this, you know, that we were able to stick that clue in episode one, and then and then pay it off in episode three. Yeah. But considering some of the other things that we've done, it you got to like, look close in episode like, one, but it it's there. It's, yeah. You have to. It's it's it seems like small beer compared to some of the long, other long cons that we're we're, we're playing true. this this you season. Tell them what we use it for. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was talking to Vince earlier about this, just de- trying to decide what we wanted to disclose. And one of the things that, um, you know, I figured would be a good thing is to you know basically tell everybody that we we're shooting in Albuquerque this summer under you know false names um you know and i'm not going to give away the the false name that we were shooting under but one of the things that happens in production is um you know people especially drivers and especially the big production trucks and stuff they all have what they call car cards and they usually are the title of the show and they sit in your windshield so you know at a quick glance everybody um mostly transportation can tell which vehicles are ours and which which vehicles belong where. And the one that we used, instead of having the title of the show, um, it was those stick figures that are with, uh, those campers. with backpack, yeah. backpacks yeah. on their way to a tent, I guess. It's yeah. camping. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I was gonna I was gonna say that when we were gonna talk about the fact that the Kettleman's actually kidnapped themselves, <laughs> which was which was Jimmy's idea. But before we get to that, I was just gonna say that Jimmy flip flops around. He's you know he's had a a hit of consciousness and he decides that he needs to warn them. And so you guys have him whipping off uh, the paper towels off the roll and making himself sort of a little makeshift voice changer kazoo thing. I remember making those. I remember making those as a kid. I think my mom, you know, it was one of those things she'd you know do on a rainy day or something. But I remember them working better. We've got one literally <laughs> that uh, Tom's been talking through on this podcast, and it's one we made. It's been sitting here on the writers' room table for the last nine months now, or however long. But the damn thing doesn't work like I recall it working when I was a kid. Well, it so wax doesn't paper sound dropped. right, and wow. I, you can't understand anything. But I guess it's like kind of what Jimmy was using, because you can't understand him through their answering machine anyway. And, it, and it's like, and it it still sounds like your voice. It just it just can't understand what everybody's saying. <laughs> I don't know. I think it really disguises my voice in an interesting way. <laughs> but uh, but you guys basically had, uh, at this point in, in Albuquerque, which was, I guess, what is it, 19, uh, it's 2002, there were still phone booths, but you guys have him yeah. going way the hell out somewhere. Oh, he's got uh, to be careful, got to yeah, cover his tracks. Exactly, but I'm assuming that you guys made that phone booth oh, yeah. somewhere yeah, close did. by. We, they, uh, we know, got it from a museum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where was it? Yeah. Also out near Algodonas because oh, we shot that the uh, the same night we we filmed uh, Jimmy trekking all over the looking for the Kettleman's and we gotcha. did the tent scene and then we ran out and got that last bid with uh, Bob. That's a big day. Oh, yeah. But uh, so then you know he goes out there and they can't understand what he's saying so he finally takes his mouth off the thing and just says Kettleman's you're in danger you know and then hangs <laughs> up or something similar to that. I like that he says bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> And they look out their window and they see a white van parked in front of their house. And I don't think it's a white. Is it not a white I van? I thought it was a white it's a van. Red, 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 reddish. I, I'll tell you, what, Kelly. One detail. Oh my bad. Not a white van. One, Sorry. No, one, it's, it's not like a secret it's, or anything. It's, it's nachos. Yeah. It's nachos van. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one detail that I just love every time I see it is the way Julianne, she creates this thing that Mrs. Kettleman almost doesn't, can't move her neck. What is that? She's sort of like Michael <laughs> Keaton in Batman. And you know, where they, like you know, she's wearing the cowl. You know, yeah, when he's wearing the cowl. So she has to turn, not, she doesn't always do it, but she often does, you know, she turns her whole body to turn her head. It's like she's got a and bad vertebrae it's or something. Just, it's, there's something about it that just, she's got this rigid posture. Yeah. She's, she's. Uh, it's a very she, funny. She's a force she did, to be She's all, all her own thing. It was not scripted. Nobody told her to do it. It was just a, just a choice she made for Mrs. Kettleman. Oh, she's it's, great. They're both great. great. She and Jeremy are Jeremy, great. Jeremy, and they, they also, yeah, well, we've talked about that. Why is she so hot, Mrs. Kettleman? Mrs. Kettleman? I mean, I know yeah. Julianne's cute, yes. but it's like, why is that character so... Yes. What does it say like about little, me? Little I, think find her so <laughs> I think it says something about us. <laughs> yeah. she, she breaks the law. She's naughty. That She's She's naughty. <laughs> She's domineering. She's, domineering. Yeah, that's she what is, she, is. she is. She is very domineering. She is. Craig Kettleman. Well, and you know, by the way, folks she ain't seen, folks ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you think yeah. the Kettlemans are, might come back? Yeah, they might. They mm -hmm. might come back. Yeah. So the next thing is Jimmy is in the bathroom. He's trying to convince um, his body, buddy prosecutor who we met in episode, I think in episode two. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we met him before episode yeah. two. Um, he's trying to convince him to, uh, you know, I guess give some client of his some kind of a break and 
you know, and uh, and he gets a call from Kim, and yeah. Kim says the Kennelmans are missing. All right, and he, he inst- it, before he gets to race up to the Kettleman's house, he has to get through Mike in. Yeah. The, I always call it a toll booth, but it's really a parking the pay parking booth. booth. Park, yeah. <laughs> and I, by the way, before we get past, that, I love that uh, I never met him. You met him. You, uh, I love the uh, prosecutor. Oh yeah, he was. He's very mm-hmm. good. He's very funny. Peter, Peter DeSeth. That uh, yes, that is Peter. Yes, he's. Uh, I have not met the gentleman, but he's he's very funny. He's he did a good job. Really good comic timing. Yeah, absolutely. That was what I was going to say. Good comic timing. I used to call him Francois Truffaut in the editing room because he always <laughs> sort of looked like Truffaut to me. Oh yeah, yeah. To, to me. me, to me, he looked like he just stepped out of a time machine from 1965. Mm-hmm. He's got this uh, interesting, uh, interesting. Uh, He's very funny. Did a great job. And yeah, so then there's uh, Mike in the booth, and uh, and Mike won't let Jimmy pass because he hasn't got any stickers. He tells him nine dollars, right? And Jimmy only has five dollars. And Jimmy Mike really, says, you know, I if I were, you know, I'm, I'm going to side with Mike here. Just get the fucking stickers already. <laughs> How many times do you have to be told? It's really not that hard. <laughs> so uh, I feel, I do feel for Jimmy though when he says, "I have five. <laughs> that's all he has all the money he has uh, it's so Poor sad Jimmy. yeah it's really Poor sad Jimmy. I mean like in that little car he could probably have like a maybe a dime or a couple pennies I know that car should cost less because it's such a piece of crap it should take fewer <laughs> I mean, stickers he's got like like little the pieces you know little piece of change that's in the ashtray or something like know. that and he offers it but basically Mike um, goes back to his crossword puzzle he's always doing a crossword puzzle yeah and uh, and Jimmy presses the button. I will say though, in the script, and he I, says something about a geezer. Yeah, screw you, geezer. Uh, in the script, I <laughs> had, had a Jonathan take that. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> he loves all the old people humor. <laughs> Terry had to ask what a geezer was. Yeah, seriously. Really? Yes, he did, he had never heard. We know the British that. have a different word for a great many things. You that's know, true. fanny is a terribly dirty oh, yeah, word that's in, true. in Britain. So. I'm sorry, I but in, in the in the script, he was not doing a crossword puzzle. He was reading for whom the bo- for whom the bell tolls. Oh my bad. I wanted a big. No, he's in the in the episode. He's is doing a crossword puzzle, but in oh. the script. Oh okay. Because uh, of uh, we had a big conflict with uh, Jonathan back in uh, in Breaking Bad in episode four hundred nine that Terry directed, where he didn't he wanted to say the word whom. Who? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I was like, no, say who. And he will not let it fucking die. So he's on national television, like being interviewed by Conan O'Brien. He still has to mention that. On, on, anyway, but so why did the book we couldn't take get a we couldn't get the rights to the damn You're cover? Kidding! Oh. I know. It's Can like, you make your own? They, they tried just, to, yeah, we, it was just too late. Oh we up, man! So we go to a puzzle. Did Jonathan know that that's what? Yeah, you're no, he to was do? like, "Why can't I read fucking for whom the belt holds?" <laughs> he was into it. He wanted to do it, but uh, uh, I'll punch him in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he went with the crossword puzzle, that's and he, he made that work. So. Uh, he did. Screw you, <laughs> geezer! <laughs> he busts so out the geezer's thing. not a word in Britain, huh? Apparently not. Not, or not, Terry, where, not where Terry's, yeah, not not where Terry's, Terry's little It's like a double-decker bus or something. I guess so, probably. So yeah. he goes up to the Kettleman's house, and the Kettleman's are missing. And yep. basically Kim is like, what are you doing here? And please leave because I'm going to have to explain this to Howard Hamlin and why Hamlin's you're there. here. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy just really wants to know because he pretty much knows probably what happened. And he feels guilty, I'm sure. And 
Yeah. You know? So he goes, I'm assuming, back downtown. Mm-hmm. And, How windy um, was it, too, by the way? It was very windy that day. I mean, you see the trees are blowing like crazy. And yeah. Problems with sound. And it was that was the that was the first scene we shot of the episode was uh, at the Kettleman house when, when uh, Jimmy rolls up and sees all the all the police and Kim and... Uh, and Howard's and, not so friendly to him. No. Patrick Fabian, by the way, great guy. He's uh, he's fun. We got some fun stuff. He's a handsome up. man. He's a he's a damn good looking man. He can wear man. a suit like okay. nobody else. <laughs> I know. He, his his uh, his costume fitting pictures look like they're in a catalog. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a fine looking man. He's a funny guy. I like Patrick. I'm looking forward to folks saying more of him too. So we go back downtown. Jimmy goes back downtown, and he's starting to call. He goes to a phone booth, another yeah. one, mm-hmm. and he calls Nacho. Yeah. He calls, and he calls, and he calls again and again, and he le- keeps leaving messages. Yeah. You know, and um, uh, finally he's, the he's phone. He's convinced that Nacho has him. Yeah. Who, yeah. What else could have happened to the camera? And then finally yeah. the phone rings. Yeah. Another rental phone no, booth, by the way, right? Another prop phone booth. Two of them. Yeah, one of them didn't have the receiver. I think that was your idea, Vince, to have one with a receiver ripped off. Oh, that's all I ever see. <laughs> I went back when they had phone booths, that was yeah. all I ever see. And by the way, uh, a little bit of a tip of the hat, probably. A little bit of an homage to uh, that wonderful scene in Swingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's definitely what yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, of yeah, when yeah, I watched I it. There, there's, Came up with it. There's also a touch of the, the King of Comedy also. Oh, yeah. There's, that's right, there's, yeah. there's a scene in King of Comedy <laughs> where he's, he's desperately waiting for a phone call, and they're Jerry cra- Langford. Everybody yeah, wants. Everybody wants the phone booth. And we had. Been, there was some. It was scripted. Yes. I think we had some passersby yes. come by wanting to use a phone booth, and he's like, "No, was, he's he was oh, doing yeah. the uh, yeah. Rupert Popkin thing." Nice. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so finally, the phone rings, and there's nobody on the phone, and then he starts to get very, very, very suspicious. Yeah. And he's just looking around. And I love the really high shot that you have. That's a re- how high? What, what was that? It was on another condor yeah, or something. It was on a crane. It's a really nice shot. I think it has power lines in it too, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It always makes me nervous when. Uh, but it looks power lines really good yeah. Yeah, for, for the crane. Um, I like the way the birds fly through the shot. Yeah. That, those were not CG or anything. They were just real. They were just some nice stuff. That whole yeah. sequence has this great 70s Very, paranoid yeah. thriller feel. That parallax I just, view. I kind of parallax yeah, view. Yeah, those yeah, are all, yeah. those are all movies that are you know I just those are some of my favorite movies and I, I just I love the fact that that even Jimmy McGill. Jimmy McGill gets to experience a little bit of the parallax view there. And so, Terry's a real shot maker. A lot of really yeah, nice yeah. compositions. I've stolen from him many times. Yeah, I have too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stole a lot in the pilot of, of, of our new show, Better Call Saul. Uh, I, he did a shot way back when, I can't even remember which episode of Breaking Bad, where he shot through a, the the uh, Iron Gate. It's hard to remember this thing existed. At the at the head of uh, the end of uh, Jesse Pinkman's driveway, it was seldom closed. Mm-hmm. But it was a scene where Jesse and Badger were trying to get the RV out of there because the feds were looking for him. And there was a shot of through the bars of the gate to them loading a barrel of methylamine onto the RV. But the gate was in focus, and they moving the barrel were not. And it was so counterintuitive, and I remember watching it thinking, what the hell is the point of this? It's that the, the camera's focused on the wrong thing. But I also, I loved it. Now, yeah. we, now we use it. And I remember yeah. that day, actually, because that was the very first day of shooting of season two of Breaking Bad, as I recall. Yeah. For some reason, there was some weird scheduling quirk. And so that was also Michael Slovis's first day, as I recall. Was it? I believe so. Holy so cow. that was that was a big, a big moment. Mm. 
Interesting. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong. You know, you've got a memory than I have. That's for sure. But uh, so so Terry, uh, a lot of interesting shot making in this sequence with the payphone mm-hmm. and the waiting, and uh, and then uh, and then the cops. Uh, the cops start. He starts to see the like people. He just starts to see two guys sort of starting to converge on yeah. him. At first he starts walking. He's like, just walking, just walking, walking. Just and walking. then he walks down the alley, <laughs> and then he starts to book it. I don't yeah. know when he his talks loafers. to himself. I don't know. In his loafers, he's just funny. Yeah, we and had they, to slow Bob down because he's actually in really good shape. Oh, seriously? And he was like, "Book." I was like, "Man, Saul's in good shape." I was, it's like, "Looks like you're out of breath." And <laughs> you know, on the that is takes. that is a funny thing because Saul. It's funny. Wait, before you oh, say yeah, that, right, I yeah, think yeah. it's really funny that even now, and and this happens like all throughout our season, all throughout our editing rooms and our offices, that we will call him. Saul and yeah. Jim will go back and forth That's a good all the time. Me. And technically, he's not even Saul. He's not yet. Saul. He's Jimmy. You know, anyway. the longer we do it, the easier I find calling him Jimmy. Which is, a, yeah, the, the early going, I had a hard time thinking of him as Jimmy. But, uh, but you know, that's a funny thing because Saul, and and I am talking about Saul now. When I think of Saul on Breaking Bad, I think of you know a guy who lives in uh, the New Mexico desert, but like never sees the sun. And I picture a guy, you know, he's always got the glass of scotch mm-hmm. or whatever, and he does seem like. Uh, He's not. He can't. He's, he he does seem like an out of out of shape schlub. But you're right. <laughs> the, the guy playing him is, is playing that part. He bikes. Bob, he would bike to set. Yeah, Bob is in really good shape. Bike, right? Yeah, he's in yeah. very good shape. Yeah, he. You know. So does. wait a minute. You're saying that when he was running in through the alley, that he was the, he they was, couldn't catch up to him. <laughs> well, not that they couldn't down. catch up to him. He was just like looked like he was like really. Looked like it was Hussein yeah. Bolt or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like ready to pass the baton there. He's yeah, like, no, look, slow down. Looked like a schlub already. Yeah. Yeah. Looked like you'd been eating mac and, and cheese. And it was hot. Pretend, pretend, you, pretend you're in the writer's room. Yeah. 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 Pretend, pretend you're one of us. <laughs> and yeah, it was he is a writer. He's in too good a shape to be a writer. The yeah. whole time. So they catch him, yeah. and they throw him to the ground. I mean, it was almost like a sting operation So that you guys set up. You know, by the way, the older I get, I used to be able to do all that kind of stuff when I was a kid, throw myself on the ground or whatever. I look at that now, and I'm like, you can really hurt yourself. I mean, <laughs> and that, I mean, that, I'm serious. That pavement was hot. Yeah, I mean, was it was. It? They had to put a mat down for him. You can't really tell. And yet but the, putting your face against it was like, it was like, ah. But you guys have like a, a cop car comes, you know, you know, sort of slamming in there. It was a good little action sequence. It's really beautifully timed when the cop car appears. You know, and yeah. then they slam him to the ground. Put, I think they put cuffs Goto. on him. Al Goto, mm-hmm. our great Oh, you know, he says, I think in the middle of it, he says something like, I have bad knees, I have something like he that. He does, as he's being thrown to the ground, he yells out he has bad knees. And that's a shout-out to... Yes. The first time he appeared on... Uh, in. Yeah, in Unbreaking Bad. Well, not the first time, but the first time. Well, the no, first, episode, first episode. First episode. Yeah, Better first Call episode, Saul when yeah. he's when, yeah. they, when Walt and Jesse have him out on his right. knees in the desert. That's those those little those little shout outs those little uh, mm-hmm. little bits of detail. Every, every once in a while we watch eggs. we watch some episodes and we go hey wait a minute. <laughs> First now we felt like it tied into the fact that he was slipping Jimmy back in the day and he probably messed up his knees falling all the that's time. A good, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, well, you know what that makes, certainly makes oh, sense. Oh, I thought he was just lying. No, no, I <laughs> think he actually has bad knees. I think he has bad knees. That character has bad knees. Is there music in this sequence? I can I'm drawing a blank. No, there's score. There's score. There's score in this yeah. wonderful Dave Dave Porter score. We should talk some. Uh, I'm jumping ahead a bit. I, I love, of course, I always love what Dave does, and I always love what you do, uh, Thomas. You, you always find such amazing stuff. I love the song, and I don't mean to bogart it or, or do whatever. I, I don't mean to jump ahead. I just, uh, but I love because we haven't heard from Thomas for a while. I love that last song. Oh, the Bobby Bear tune. 
Bobby mm, Bear. Bobby Bear. I was watching the RFD channel. I swear to God, which I love. I love the RFD channel. It's like, you know, like uh, like classic tractor fever. That's a good show. What is RFD? RFD, Rural Free Delivery. It's a, remember Mayberry RFD? It was a spinoff of the Andy Griffith Show. I remember that. But uh, it's a channel with, like, farm reports and stuff like that. It's, it's actually a good channel. Uh, but anyway. Like I, the Knife Show. But I, was I watching, love the Knife Show. I, well, I don't know if that's on here. But uh, I was watching. Uh, there is a point to this, I swear to God. I'll eventually get to it. But I was watching, uh, like, the Porter Wagner Show or something, mm-hmm. one of these old, great old country music variety shows from the 60s. And uh, this was, like, two weeks ago. And there's Bobby Bear. Performing. Performing. And I was hoping he'd perform that song that you found for us, but uh, it was a different song. This played. is 1968, so it depends on what year that was. So that says it, uh, and the song name of this song in our show is Find Out What's Happening. Uh, yeah, that one is, it's called, uh, uh, what's it called? It's Find Out What's Happening. Find Out What's mm-hmm. Happening. It's and a this great. is the song that Jimmy's walking trying to find the Kettleman's. Exactly. Once he realizes that he thinks he knows where they are, yeah. he goes out their gate and he starts walking up the Sandias. And it fits perfectly. And I got to ask you, because, I mean, this is an honest question. How do you, I mean, you don't just throw shit against the wall and see where it's How do you find, because in a million years, I would have never figured, I would have never put that song against that scene. And it's great. You find us how do, so how much do you find, great how do you, stuff. How do you do that, Thomas? There's an enormous amount of trial and error. What I do is, like, early on in a project, I start building a lot of mixtapes. So I try to figure out the tone. And we had a tricky one with Saul because we were all trying to figure out the tone. Of right. it. Yeah, because I know you didn't want it to be Breaking Bad, and you wanted to come a whole different, a whole different direction than Breaking Bad. Yeah. This episode so. actually had a couple songs, if I remember correctly, that kind of helped us figure out the tone. Yeah. We had that whole sequence in the nail salon when he was thinking, which I think ended up being score, if I remember correctly. Yes, a he's wonderful the, piece of score. Yeah. yeah, and we had two tracks that were in there. One was by Little Barry. Another one was by Galt McDermott. Let's talk about oh, that. Yeah, and those were both. And Glad that, that scene here. lost that music, but yeah. those ideas ended up kind of reformulating later on. Well, talk about this is let's let's wind you up here and let you go here. Uh, tell tell us about little bear. Tell, you know, people are going to be wondering about the music. They've heard it three times now. Yeah, our, sure. Our theme music. Well, our main theme is from a, a British band, a trio called Little Barry, and uh, Barry Cardigan is sort of the the lead singer, a short guy, hence Little Barry. Uh, who's an amazing guitar player. They were kind of session guys in the UK, and they have this amazing kind of blues funk band that are just very unique and special. And you guys responded to one of the tracks that we'd sent out and said, this could be an interesting main title. So we reached out to the band, and the timing was perfect. They had just finished up doing some touring. They were looking to do new stuff. And we had about four or five uh, Skype sessions with Barry, just talking, brainstorming about music. And he would go in with his band and do demos um, to kind of figure out what our main title might sound like. And we had one song of his that was sort of the inspiration, and then they kind of ran with it. Mm-hmm. And one of the tracks you guys really liked, and that is our main title now. Yeah, it is, and it's wonderful. I love, I love. Uh, but I can I love you also sound. talk about like how like we? It was like you. I think you gave us something of Little Berries, and then you went back to him saying we'd like th- it to sound sort of like this. So you gave him a li- some a list of adjectives that you wanted, and then he came back to you with like thirty different. Versions. I don't think it was thirty, but it was a lot. I thought it was, it was, it was like it was thirty. Almo- or it was so. almost it was thirty. 30. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're right. I guess yeah. it was. And they're all really different. What really Very impressed different. me was like we kept on doing Skype sessions, and he would kind of just kind of process it, and then he would go in the studio and knock out these different versions. Right. Each one was different. They were all kind of compelling, and 
you know, in the end, I guess we we had to choose one, and we did. And and it's and it's so important to this sequence, especially because as as the as you guys know now that you've seen three episodes, the imagery underneath the title changes in every episode, and so we're we're try- looking for some consistency in tone, and that really had to come from had to come from the music. Yeah, so much of it, which was interesting, and, and I think a lot of it was what you guys had said when we first talked about Saul. We talked a little bit about that there was a streak of melancholy mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. that there is a ad hoc making things up as you go quality. Because again, what's so great about Saul is that he's somebody, and, and Jimmy too, somebody who figures things out as he's going. He's almost as he's feet. talking, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. figuring out the solution. And there's something about the way Lil Barry plays. And I think that when you play as well and as often as these guys have, there is this ability for them to just sort of throw away things that feel like nothing, but they're kind of beautiful and really special. And I think that's sort of that trick of if you do something over and over and over again, you get to a kind of facility that even when you're throwing something away, something kind of magical happens in there. Those guys are gifted. Uh, Every single one of those, uh, whatever they were, 28, 30 versions, every single one of them, was a theme for a slightly different show. Yeah. And yeah. the one that we picked, I think, is the theme. That, that's the one for our show. Yeah. Uh, but there could be, you know, they could retail those out for uh, tw- 29 other shows. I, I loved explaining to him, too, that we were going to be taking off the end and clipping off the end because yeah. he was very confused by that. Mm-hmm. I, I just Has so, he seen it yet? No, Has, no, he hasn't, he hasn't seen it yet. Seen just it. know uh, that is on purpose. <laughs> you know, we should talk about now folks have seen three titles, uh, three title sequences, and mm-hmm. you can tell, obviously, that everyone has a different video component different image component underneath the uh the really purpose i hope everyone understands purposefully bad chiron uh you know it's meant to the title is meant to look like uh, some sort of homemade uh, early to mid 80s uh public, public access. access kind of video and and of course you've seen three different titles now we, this is obviously a, a pattern we're gonna you're gonna see 10 different snatches of video for the 10 different episodes of season one why did you guys want that i mean i wasn't part of that discussion so i was just curious it's well you know you as with every creative question that comes down the pike uh why do you i mean when it came time to figure out how we're going to do uh what's our title sequence going to look like one of the one of the first things you uh you know, you say to yourself, "Is uh, what 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 is everyone else not doing?" Mm-hmm. And that's the same. You know, that's the question you're really asking yourself all the time, over and over again. And and right now we're in a time of beautifully produced and crafted uh, opening titles. Yeah, opening titles that are that are getting a little longer now, uh, which is premium, also a good. Thing. Premium cable. Does premium long, cable has especially. has the running time to do it, and you you look at the opening titles for Game of Thrones, for instance, brilliant. Uh, True Detective is also True Detective is really oh, wonderful, yeah. and I know I can't remember which one my friend Angus Wall I grew up uh, in Farmville, Virginia with uh, his company Rock Paper Scissors does some of these high end premium mm-hmm. titles. It might have been Game of Thrones. I hope I'm not quoting that wrong. But anyway, uh, these amazing companies like Rock, Paper, Scissors doing these opening title sequences, they're beautiful. And we thought about doing something like that. But um, what the hell is that squeaky noise? I don't know. Is that a brakes or something out there? It's not you. Are you Turn making? Could be wheezing. I think, it's, it's, it's I think it's your chair. It's my chair. No, it's actually it's my knee. Is it your knee? <laughs> but uh, but you know we thought about uh, we thought about doing these um, you know 
I don't know. I'm getting I'm rambling here, but uh, but I think we 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 looked around. We saw all these amazing title sequences, but then we thought, how are we going to make anything better than some of that stuff? And then we thought, why should we? What so what are people not doing now? <laughs> They're making really shitty title. People are not making really shitty title sequences now. So. Uh, uh, artfully shitty, though. Artfully, artfully shitty. shitty. Should, all very intentional. And Curtis Thurber, uh, Skip McDonald's assistant, uh, really uh, created that, created that, cut that thing together. And uh, and then uh, Thomas found uh, Little Barry for us, and Little Barry came up with that wonderful guitar lick. And it's a trio, right? He trio. Has guys, uh, guitar, bass, guys. and drums. Guitar, bass, and drums. And it's just... I just love it. I mean, I, I it's and 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 yes, the ending is the ending of Little Barry's uh, music is purposefully clipped off to add to the uh, artful shittiness. That mm. is that is on purpose. You can almost see the uh, University of New Mexico student who like awkwardly cut the ending off. I know. Well, and the, exactly the vibe of it all is is hopefully this is uh, no offense to UNM. <laughs> no, no, but uh, hopefully this is. Uh, self-evident but uh the, the 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 feel of it is supposed to emulate the kind of a low-budget commercial Saul Goodman would would pay bare minimum you know <laughs> take the lowest bidder to make and the so. other thing that's intriguing about them to me and one of the things that evolved as we as we worked on them was that if you the three that we've seen so far you know the Statue of Liberty yeah and the Cadillac yeah and what's it what's the what's the one in this one well anyway these these images these are images from Saul Goodman's world, not yeah, from Jimmy McGill's. This moment, I haven't seen it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. These are all these are all images from Saul Goodman's world, not from Jimmy McGill's world. That's so true. it's sort of it's a little projecting the future. It somehow it, it creates kind of a I don't know. For me, it creates kind of an ironic, you know, sadness <laughs> to the to, to, to the show. It's itself. similar to what Dave did because you know Dave had created the main title for Breaking Bad mm-hmm. with an idea of where does Walt well, end he wrote up. The music. Well, he, I'm just saying he wrote when he wrote the main title yeah. theme. Yeah. He wrote with the idea of not where is Walter White when we first meet him, but where is he when we end up. Interesting. Which is why it came back in that second to last episode of the right. of the series. Mm-hmm. So, in That's a weird true. way, we're kind of repeating the same trick in a way, just projecting to the future. That's true. That's Although, cool. you know, who knows what they're going to be as as the, as the season goes true. on, or as the next yeah. season goes on. There, there, yeah. There's a we have a lot of options for uh, for evolving. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so getting back to the to the episode at hand, just quickly, um, uh, Jimmy goes and meets with he realize the cops realize uh, that's the, that's Nacho's lawyer. They're holding Nacho. They basically set up like a sting, sort of to get whoever's calling that number. Mm-hmm. I think we found out what the title sequence was. What was it? Yeah, it's the scales of justice ashtray. Oh, oh. with the woman flicking oh, the yes. cigarette. You know whose hand that is? That's uh, Cat Bardot, Cat or, Bardot. Uh, our wonderful. Uh, Jesus Christ, I'm, this should turn us into a fucking drinking yeah. show. She's wonderful, <laughs> our, wonder, wonderful. our wonderful makeup. Wonderful, wonderful. wonderful makeup artist. It's like a and Johnny Mathis song and, I'm doing in here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, yeah our makeup artist. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I, I actually. Isn't that I Johnny do, Mathis song on that episode of The X Files? Yes, it is. <laughs> there you go. That's a great one. Wonderful, That's a great wonderful. episode. And it's Home. a great song. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with the word wonderful. Yes, it's a I'm, wonderful word. It's lazy language. Need to find more superlatives. Anyway, we need. A, you know, next time we do a podcast, we'll have uh, Jen and Joey create a uh, 
superlative chart. A superlative chart, mm-hmm. and All we right. can we can pick at random. But I will say that 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 uh, it, I'm always I always like that particular title because yeah. I got to shoot that. That was actually on our last day. Did you shoot that yeah. on our last day of production in Albuquerque. We raced through uh, raced through that and some other things. Well, you know, and that's the first of the three that uh, was purposely shot. You know, you look closely, you realize that the, uh, the inflatable uh, Statue of Liberty head, and then the shot. Of the uh, of the Cadillac, or from old episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah, and you directed the Cadillac shot, yeah, as I recall. That was a season three ender, uh, where that. Yeah, uh, so they're on their way to see the to the, the laser uh, tag laser tag That's place. Right, I remember yeah. that. So, but not, there's not a lot that we have from old episode. That is one of the few, I believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, the cops have been holding Nacho. Jimmy goes and sees Nacho. He's all of a sudden, you know, Nacho's lawyer. And uh, he has the confidentiality business. And Nacho basically tells him, it wasn't me. I didn't take them. I wasn't in the house. And, and Jimmy Michael, tells Michael them. Michael Mondo's so good in the scene, I just want to jump in and say that. There's a great moment in the scene where he slams his, his chains oh, yeah. on the table. And that was all. Makes that was not Jimmy scripted. Mike, yeah, Michael <laughs> oh, was said it? he wanted to do that. And he, it was he, a great. Yeah. It really it's makes it. Made, it makes me jump yeah, every no, time. He, the first he said time. He, he said he wanted to try it. And, uh, but he told he warned Bob in advance. Yeah, but it still scared the shit out of everybody. And I, I still jump when I watch it. Yeah, every, I did too. Every, <laughs> I've seen it a hundred times. I still jump. There's something about his timing that's so unpredictable, and it's just so right. Yeah, that, yeah it's just like you say. I, I jump every. I've probably seen it yeah. thirty times at this point, and I it. It gives me a little jolt every time. And we mixed it as loud as it could go, yes. too, that, that chain sound. Uh, it is a great, it was a great touch. It's a great moment. It, it gets me every time, too. Uh, it's, and, and what helps is he's so quiet before that, and the scene is so quiet. I think we even went the other way, too, and made the, the atmosphere in the room, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the audio. Interview the, room. What's the, 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 what the? Interview room? Yeah, but what, what's, the, what's the mixed term? The, uh. The room tone? The room tone, the ambience. Oh. Yeah. We made it quieter than usual so that when that moment hit, it would really pop, really pop, really make you scared, really startle you. Yeah. So Jimmy tells the cops that or that he didn't do it. That, yeah. I mean, that, that Nacho didn't do it. And then um, Kim is there, and he says, you know, let me go up to the house. I want to see. And Kim says, okay, you know, let's go ahead and show him the Kettleman's house. And he goes up there, and he looks around, and he comes up with the fact that the little girl's doll is not around. So where is it? And he comes up with a theory that he thinks the Kettleman's kidnapped themselves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so then he goes back to the courthouse, but on his way in, he kind of tells off Mike, and Mike puts him down into the cement. Well, Mike's Concrete. not going to let him in. Mike's not going to let him park. <laughs> so he's just going to abandon his car Go find somewhere there. else to park. I don't I care. I suggest you find parking elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's the They're so fun together. They're fun. Uh, They're like peanut butter and chocolate, those two. <laughs> they really are. That's what we keep saying. They're just fun together. And then, uh, and then uh, what, how does it work? I'm sorry. I, I'm drawing a blank. But, uh, Tom, how does it work where Mike basically goes into the police uh, department with him saying that he assaulted him yeah once the word comes down that uh, that Jimmy McGill is uh, in, it's in some trouble these detectives try to take advantage of that to to press Jimmy into giving you know to getting Nacho to give up where the Kettleman's are so they use Mike and say you know just do us a solid and say you're gonna press charges against this guy so he cracks <laughs> and uh, Mike one he gets a little he, 
when the when the one officer puts his hand on Mike, you get a little sense of that he's not appreciative of that. So he's got a problem with police officers right off the bat. Yeah. And then when Jimmy's telling a story, he gets a sense. Well, you know what? What this guy I hate is saying makes complete sense. I believe him. Yeah. So he turns, th- he turns around. Do you think he hates him or he just sees him as some sort of insect, some sort of annoying, <laughs> some sort of annoyance? But uh, and you know, I like what you just said. That's uh, we may learn a bit more about that. I love that moment. It's very subtle, but it's there when the guy puts his hand on Mike's shoulder. There's that little tense, that tense up, that muscle tense up he does, and. We may learn more about uh, his feelings. He doesn't like being manipulated by uh, by the law. Yeah, he's got uh, something something going on with police and authority. Yeah, we find out almost immediately that he was a police yeah, officer. That's he right. tells he tells Jimmy just that. Yeah, which we did learn way back when on uh, Breaking Bad mm-hmm. when the scene with uh, Hank and uh, mm-hmm. Gomez. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I love that scene in the stairwell that's coming up. That's uh, the scene that you just mentioned. Where uh, I love the lighting and that uh, it's fun. So that and that's at the real courthouse. Yeah, also right stairwell yeah. in the courthouse. Courthouse is now. It's not the currently working, more modern courthouse. It's an older building, with the uh, the press form plaster uh, designs in it. It's on uh, Camerawood Street. It's on, but it's the courthouse building that. Uh, uh, Jesse exits in that Steadicam shot uh, when he uh, gets abducted. In Breaking Bad, he gets abducted. The guy in the van grabs him and throws him in the van. That's the that's exterior in, of that building. That's yeah. in 413. Yes. Yeah, 413, it's, also, it's yeah. also in, uh, and I'm not even going to say what what episode I remember because <coughs> I don't remember it. It's the one where uh, Walt, when Walt is is under arrest because he, he tangles with the cop who pulled him over. Oh, the guy who How could you him? not know yes, that your episode? episode. Your episode. I know, but I've forgotten the Force numbers. I, I clearly, I've for, clearly forgotten it's, all the numbers. I'm with Peter. When you get old, you forget. It's, 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 I believe. Caballos and Nomi. It's just I've done so, so much wonderful work. I can't keep track of it all. <laughs> but it's uh, that was that was the uh, that was the it's, it's interesting and I had no idea at the time. It's one of those things if you had only known, I remember shooting in that hallway with, with Adam Bernstein directing the scene yeah. where uh, Hank gets gets Walt out of hot water, and that is the exact same hallway where I believe hmm. where uh, the window is, where uh, where where uh, Jimmy McGill gets his money. Yeah, I believe it's I might that the pay that, window is that actually it's it, I think I believe it's that that's it's certainly that same card. Well, I think a, that was constructed. Jimmy well, McGill's getting his money was. Yes, constructed. you're right. Yes. It's a brilliantly inventive bit of design by uh, Tony Fanning, that's our production right. designer, and uh, W. Gilpin and his folks built it. But it is a doorway, and they 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 plugged it with this uh, with this pay window with the with the lucite uh, you know the the bulletproof the bulletproof the uh, lucite and yeah. uh, but it's a, it's just a doorway that took the door off and plugged it with this thing it's with the well wonderful done. clerk and just a couple yeah. of years earlier at that same location there was Brian playing uh, playing Walter White you know chained to chained to a bench so yeah. it's, it's just odd a couple how these... years later but yet a, a couple years earlier but yet many years later that's true uh, I'm so confused by the timeline <laughs> paradoxes <laughs> How was that? Paradoxes. 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 Paradox. Like Looper. Paradox. Blow my mind. 
You know so, that, that sounds like like those old record like phonograph recordings of FDR or something. Yeah. That's what that sounds like or, through the through the headphones or so uh, just, or ma- pickles and mouthfeel. You know those those old. We have yet to break out our new radio routine, pickles and mouthfeel. Pickles and mouthfeel, yes. <laughs> replacing so your morning old, show. <laughs> replacing our old uh, uh, Hate Boy and Ding Dong. I, th- I think pickles and mouthfeel yeah. follow Hate Boy and Ding Dong. <laughs> You know, That's they're awesome. they're on the night shift. Okay. <laughs> so just jumping ahead right quick. Um, I'm Mike, not done talking about pickles and mouth. Yet. Okay, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Everybody stopped listening like 47 minutes ago. Yeah. How would uh, they not? All I was going to say was that Mike is the one who floats the idea that they're very close to home. He gives he tells a story that yeah. you know basically says people don't like to leave home. And they're probably fairly close. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy goes to the house and sees the little stick figure sticker. Why are you looking at me like that? I, because I'm enjoying how well you do this. <laughs> and then uh, and Jimmy goes looking, but then he finds the Kettleman's, and he scares them half to death by like saying, <laughs> like, "Here's Johnny, Johnny which like, is a tie-in, yeah, from, from The Shining." Says- he and says it the first. in the teaser, and yeah. then he says it at the, yeah, at the end. I got one question about the Kettleman kids. How happy are the Kettleman kids about these camping trips? Is this like a hostage situation for childhood? Or are they yeah, they want to go home. The idea was that miserable. they were miserable. I think for most, most children, Even though they're singing bingo. <laughs> I love that thing Julianne does. That was not scripted, where she snaps. Yes, snaps. Yeah, oh. <laughs> the kid, the kid starts, to, starts to talk back. Not That's really, right. even, but she's like. And in, and in the sound mix, in the sound mix, we raised we raised the yeah, snap yeah. just because we that loved it nice. so much. That was nice, like the child whisperer, like how they always have those. <laughs> He's like, nope, it's, it's <laughs> <a> spray bottle. <laughs> how do people do that with their kids? <laughs> the only thing I wanted to say is it, just the last part of this episode where he, he gets to this the tent and and he, stubbornly moving on. Yeah, and he and he they they fight over this bag. And he tells them they got to go home, and they find yeah. out this bag, and then the bag sort of tears up, and we see where there's money, the money. And I have no, what's going to happen next? I don't know. You know this I is the know. how much million? Wait, how much next take? Week? A million two? Million six? Million six? Well, and this is minus whatever cost, whatever the boat costs. We got the line barrier scat, which uh, Vince <laughs> had been saying for. I feel like for years, I don't know, but he'd been saying barrier scat for a while. Yeah, we got, we got it put in the episode. Um. So that's the end of the episode. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and that one's called um, Nacho. 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 And then next week. Because he's Nacho Man. Next week is the one called. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what any of them are called anymore. It's called Episode 4. Is. um, Oh, boy. You know what happens when that happens and this happens. Oh, boy. Hero. 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 Thank you. Hero. Thank you. Thank you, Joey and Jen. That's where that happens. Oh, probably, and, you know, that thing it's happens. It's probably already in the thing, right? The other thing happens. You know, those yeah. things oh, boy. happen. Oh, yeah, a lot of oh, good boy. stuff happens. <laughs> and, and that was edited by our, our, our wonderful Kelly Dixon. The wonderful B-team, the Kelly B-team edited Dixon. That one. Well, for Kelly Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job. Yeah. I sure oh. did. Oh, that one. I, I just love that. I love that, that episode, too. Yes, he did. Yes. He's wonderful, too. He's yes. wonderful, too. I love that. I love that episode. The next one after this, 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 this one that's coming uh, up. You guys got a good one coming up. Yeah. You know what? I I am so proud of this show. They're all so good. I like them all. I do. I love them all. I am so proud of this show. Um, (laughs) I have to say, I'm not as proud of the podcast. Truth be told. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say though, talk just to to be serious (laughs) for a moment. Excellent podcast. This by the way, Kelly. That's I take it. Wonderful. I won't do it. Okay. No, I was just gonna say when we started working on the show. 
this episode that we were just talking about, episode three, this is the one that that came out sort of the what, closest to what I was originally thinking the show would be. In other words, it's yeah. Jimmy is more is sort of. Uh, He's sort of a, almost a, a Philip Marlowe, private eye yeah. in, in a lot of this, yeah. where every, everyone's beating him up. And uh, it's, but that, Was that's, that a that's, real show, Philip Marlowe? It's, he's a character written by uh, Raymond I know, Chandler. I know the, the Chandler one, but yeah. was it a TV show? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Or Jim Rockford. Jim Rockford's Rockford. sort, of, sort of the Philip Marlowe of the, uh, whatever, the 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah. Well... I mean, this episode, uh, Nacho, is very different from the last episode, Miho, which is different from the first episode, Uno. We're, uh, <laughs> no. this, I mean, this show is it's kind of a... Miho, Nacho, Hero. Yeah, it's kind of a moving target, this, this series. <laughs> it's very it's, much uh, its own beast. It's very much its own it thing. It but, surprises uh, us. Hopefully folks will stick with it because... Uh, they sure won't if they listen to this podcast, though. No, no. I can this pretty is, much guarantee that's that. That's what I'm Kelly. By the way, I've I was, given up. I'm not, I was, I'm not I was taking the blame. Show. It's not you. You tried your best to keep us on Kelly, track. I, I thought it was kind of heroic what you did, Kelly. Yeah. Hero. Right. But when this thing's edited down, it'll be eight minutes long. That's right. <laughs> Knock on wood. Just cut out everything I said. Uh, so, uh, but... Uh, Thank you for yet another. Thank you guys for yeah. for spending a, a Tuesday evening after our mix of 108. Yeah, we're doing this on the break after we gave the notes on the mix. Because we are dedicated, yeah. dedicated. Well, thank you guys for that. Uh, but thank you guys for uh, for helping us out, Tom and, and Thomas especially. Our pleasure. You know. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd use that except it's got spit all over it now. So uh, everybody, I hope I hope you enjoyed some of this. Like um, I hope we trap. broke down a little <laughs> bit of what happened in this episode, um, and uh, you found out a little bit of uh, you know trivia that you might not have already known. Um, we had fun doing it. I think you can tell, and uh, we. And no, we are not drunk. No, not yet. We're just we're delirious and exhausted. This <laughs> has been a long slog. We're 20 and, minutes uh, from a really nice bourbon. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. So um, I'm going to leave it to uh, Bob Odenkirk uh, as uh, as a Saul Goodman to, or to take us McGill. out. Or Jimmy McGill. No, because he doesn't say that as Jimmy McGill. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are correct. He says that as, as Saul Goodman. You are correct. So anyway, I'm going to leave it with Saul Goodman. We'll see you guys next time. And better call Saul. Yeah! <laughs>